Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. And the reason we do that is for the city. And so, I don't know if you know this, but you know, man, I'm like, I want you to get excited with me because I'm just pumped about what God is doing. This Wednesday, we did the lighting of a park with the community. Here, just let me tell you what happened. Okay, We had the high school choir, the magical choir, came out and sang with us, a church group. I had people look at me in the face with this legal as well. And then I had, secondly, we had fire. The fire department called us and said, hey, I heard you have Santa coming. It was the best Santa ever that we've ever had. I said, if you don't believe in Santa, I would have after this night. You look so much like him. And, and we had the fire department call us that Wednesday and said, hey, can we actually escort him in on our fire trucks and we'll blare the whistles and everything with him? It was just incredible. It was cold. And we had over 200 people from our community come out here and celebrate. As we said, we're here to celebrate the reason for what this season is. Come on, church. God is using you. Come on. I'm a little excited this morning. Um, and so here's what I want to do. Sharing vision today. And I don't want to get up here and just say, well, it's all about the church's vision and where we're going and what we're doing in life. But every single person here, every single one of you, no matter how funny looking you are, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, no matter how smart you are or the opposite of that, whatever you are at, some you got that, wherever you're at, God wants to use you as a purpose for you. In fact, God has promises for us in his message to us within the Bible. He has a message to us that says, we are his chosen, we are called out. We're not here because of us. We're here simply because of God's grace, because of what he has done for us, so that none of us can boast about what he did. Okay? It's all about him. That's why we're doing all this. It's not about, oh, look at the bridge. Let's get our attendance up and our finances up. Who gives a rip, man? We want to glorify the living Christ, and that's what it's about. And we're going to give him the praise for everything that we do. Come on, somebody. All right. Sorry, I just had to get a little Pentecostal on for a moment, okay? All right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. God has these incredible promises for us. We all have, we grew up dreaming, you know, whether we dreamt of being a fireman or a firewoman or whether we dreamt, come on, somebody, a beautiful professional fisherman or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. All right. We had all these dreams. You know, one of my dreams still is to uh, eat at every single pizza place in the state of Minnesota. Great dream. And I'm not working my way on there at the same time trying to lose weight. So it's kind of a funny dream. Uh, but at the same time, God has put in you something that no other person has that he wants to use you and in your DNA, the same as our church. God has put something together in this church that God wants to use more than any other church. We have a specific called out reason. You know how I know that? If we don't, we wouldn't exist. We wouldn't be here. God would close the doors and we would cease. It'd be over. It'd be a season. All right? It's not a failure necessarily, but God would have used us and said, you're done. You did your part. Now move on. If God has not stopped using us yet, then we still have purpose, not only in life individually, but corporately as a church, I have believed my whole life that I was called to something, called to purpose. I believe every single person here is called to purpose, called to something. And so one of the things that happens to me that I'm more passionate about than, than even saying we're a life-giving church, that's our mission, or we're going to connect people with eternity, that's our vision, is this. I dream of seeing your dreams come true. That's my dream. My dream is seeing your dreams come true. What are those dreams? Maybe it's to have a family. Maybe it's to have a great job or a better job. Maybe it's to 
see great outreach. Maybe go, man, I want to do ministry. I don't know how big that's true. I don't, I don't know what it is. We're going to be very different. But you have these different dreams. In 2006, I was at Emmanuel Christian Center for a conference I had. I was in the process of losing my ministry position as an associate pastor. Some of you know the story, if you don't. Um, the church we were at struggled with finances, and they had to let us go. And we thought, I don't know what you're going to do, God. I have no idea. We were a little nervous. We were a little scared. We were a little skeptical of what was taking place. And I was at this conference, and God hadn't yet spoke to us to go and plant a church or to start a church. But yet there was this seed of doing something in ministry. I tried other things. It just, it just wasn't fun. All my wife and I too. And so we went into, or I went into this little room at a mini Christian center. It was this huge event, a couple thousand pastors and leaders, and it was a church planting, um, you know, workout or workout workshop session. And I go into this workshop session, and there's all these people in this you know, how to plan a church workshop session that are much, much older than me. And, and I'm, think, I'm thinking, I'm too young for this. I was 26 years old at the time. And I go, I'm too young to play in a church. I'm, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I know none of you have ever thought this year about your church. But, and so it's just me, but hopefully you can use my story. And so I go in there, and, and I'm looking, and I'm talking to people, and they're like, okay, and one guy in this suit and tie, kind of an intimidating fellow, comes up to me, and he looks right in my eyes, and he says, what are you doing? I was kind of scared. I said, well, I'm interested. I'd like to learn a little bit more about planning a church. And he said this to me. He said, but second, I said, God's perfect. He said, You're too young. He said, You don't have enough experience. No one will follow you. With your dream, whatever it is, that God given dream that only you can accomplish. God has a way for you to do it. He has resources. So even if it's along the way, my recommendation is pray, ask God, God to lead, to follow Him. Sometimes it's not nature to speak, but one speak lovingly and focus A lot of times it's nice what God has called you to do, wherever it is, whatever it is. Anyway, we planted the church. 2010, we're going six years, six and a half years strong, thanks to everybody who makes a part of this church. And uh, this is the awesome part. It's not because Heather and I are like great leaders or phenomenal communicators. Or we're just, I can just say this, we're free what you see. Okay? Some of you have hung out at our place, been with our kids, watched our kids, we've done life together, we've come over to your place for games, whatever. This, what you see, man, this, this is us. When we plant it, we're Mom, you're the craziest thing we've ever done. Are we insane? We have, you know, we have five kids. Are we stupid to do this? But God was in it. And so God spoke to us through a means that I've never had to speak to We believe God speaks. We believe that in many different ways. We're not going to speak to you. We do through visions, through dreams, through prophecy, through even somebody else speak to you for a cartoon if you want to, you know, whatever. And he spoke to us, you know, the story. And, and I want to show there's two parts of the story. One is, I was up at a youth camp and God spoke to us to start the church in South Public and whatever. And then on the way home next week, we take the kid home from the Bible School. This is the church I youth pastor at in Eden Prairie. And there was two pelicans, whatever. 
And then I went to a restaurant that I used to work at. I was a server at. I was living in the Detroit New Ministry. I had to have another job to help compensate. And so at this restaurant, I used to work at a top five that day. And above the restaurant, there was this flocking, you know, huge, just ginormous, hundreds, hundreds. And God spoke to me right then and there. Maybe you don't believe that God speaks to me that way. Well, this is my experience. This is what I believe God shared with me in that moment. However, and there was a condition. He said, I'm asking you to give me money to do this. And I said, God, I need one of these other God's words that He's speaking over us 
And it's these um, essential promises, I believe, that he has for us. So the first one is here, so this love, he says, Lord, I will rescue you. So promise number one is God will rescue you. You ever get into sticky situations? You're married, you get into You notice the situation. You ever said to a buddy, dude, we got this. Dude, we got this. We can do this. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to scale this wall. We had this ongoing joke. I was a camp counselor, and we had uh, three different sections in our lifeguard area. So we had the beginner swimmers, we had the intermediate swimmers, and then we just all the swimmers, the ones that could pass the swim test. And we we kind of joked around about the intermediate swimmers. I'm not joking about anybody who can't swim, but what happens is sometimes these scouts, which is scout camp in the intermediate section, they start like flailing their arms, I'm going to die, it's awful, I'm going to drown. They wanted to be rescued, you know, and, and lifeguard training, I was a lifeguard, and some of the training that they would give you is you don't ever go to them, you have to throw something or you hand them something before you go. Well, our ongoing joke at the scout camp would not even throw them anything. All we would do is we'd just say, scout, stand up. And they're like in two feet of water. You're good. It's going to be okay, buddy. God wants to rescue us. Maybe there's something you need rescue from. Maybe you got yourself into a, a sticky situation. Maybe it's something throughout, you know, finances. Or maybe it's work. Or maybe you're going, you know what? Maybe you're going, I'm struggling with my marriage right now. Maybe you're going, I don't even know if I want to be with this person anymore. It's a scary place to be. That's a sticky situation. God will rescue your marriage if you allow it. That's a promise for When's the last time you got into you know, I love what Paul says here. You don't have to turn this. You put it on the screen. There's James Psalm 91. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, one of my wife's favorite verses. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you won't give you anything more than you can But I want you to catch a truth that's within this promise that Paul writes about in Corinthians. It's not that God's going to take those temptations away. It's not that God's going to take the sticky situation away. But he will give you strength. He will give you strength. Or allow you to hold on to the that he was promised is God who rescues Psalm 91, chapter 14, it goes on. It says, I will, if God works, as if the Lord was talking, said, I will protect him, for he acknowledges by name. Promise number two, God will protect him. God will protect him. The best part of God's protection is that it's not reactive. He's always protecting us. He doesn't wait for us to do anything stupid before he steps in. He's protecting us even before we do the stupid thing. He's always there, okay? He says he'll protect us. But notice within this promise, within the scripture up here, is that there's contingency. He brought an offer helps me with There's a condition or a contingency. In other words, God says, I will protect you. However, big however, he has to acknowledge. 
does not take our acknowledgement of this is It means something that we acknowledge we just we just believe that we learned three weeks ago in James and we it means we live for him. It means we follow his ways. It means we live out what's in the word of God. If, if we're not acknowledging him, then according to this verse, we're not going to receive Maybe you've fallen away, or maybe you've doubted. Maybe today is your day to say, Jesus, I acknowledge you yeah, I think of this one, God protect us. I like the movie. A lot of you have served in the military. I, I have not served in the military. But I, I view military from what I've seen in movies or from what I've read. You know, if your uh, you know, your officer, the one over you, tells you to do something, you don't say, well, I'm not sure about in the military, I don't think, from my understanding, I don't think that goes with that true, and that be very specific. place in something, I don't, I don't know what happens to me. But I'm, I'm assuming the protection that maybe would be around you is no longer there. If a commanding officer tells you to do something, and you say, nah, I don't want to. It's the same thing. And we go, well, why does our commanding officer want us to do that? It's the same thing. God's going, I want you to help. I want you to follow my ways. I want you to look into the Word of God. Why? Because because God has nothing better to do. He wants to give us a bunch of views. He wants to protect us. He wants the best for us. He wants to do good things through us that glorify His name. He not only wants to do that individually, but He wants to do that corporately as well. So that's the promise. Acknowledge Number three, found in the next verse here, Psalm 91, verse 15. If you're with me, say, yeah. All right, he will call on me, and I will answer him. You are the he. God is the author. You are the he, God is the author. He will call on me, and I will answer him. So promise number three is God will answer I love this. Now, I'm going to be very blunt here. Some of you don't believe this promise. Some of you don't believe God will answer you. Because you've been waiting a long time. It's like, God, come on, just answer me already. Or you've been praying for that spouse or praying for that friend. Or praying for a spouse, or praying for a friend, or whatever it might be, and you're like, God, where are you? That's the mighty. He's like, well, I'm not But why is it, think of this, why is it that prayer, I thought about this, why is it that prayer is always the last one? Think about this. I spent some time thinking about this. I want you to follow me. I had a friend of mine, his name Bob. He was the husband of a children's pastor. And he got an opportunity to speak once. He preached a message on prayer. And at the part of his message was how the last thing it seems like you ever do is pray. And his last point was, you might as well pray. You might as well try it. He already thought Bob said the last resort is prayer. Think of it like this. How many of you are like me and you lose your Yeah, Come on, you know, your wallet or you lose something. And then you always say to somebody, you know, when you find him, you're like, man, I found him in the last place I looked. That's how ironic that statement is. You'll get there. You'll get there. That is the last place you look is when you find him. Like, come on, man. That, come on, you're there. It's like 
You wouldn't look another place if you found them. That'd be mind-blowing, okay? Like, you found them. They're there. It's the same thing in prayer. Think of it. God answers that prayer. Why do we say, well, it was the last resort? Because God answered it. He met us where we needed to be met. And he answers it not always the way we want, but the way that he wants. It's about him. It's not about us. It's about what we want. According to this verse, God doesn't answer prayers, though. He doesn't answer prayers that we don't want. He says, you call on me, and I will answer. He can only answer us if we call on him. He's waiting for us to call on him. One of the things, vision-wise, that we're doing as a church, starting January 2nd, I'm about ready to scare 75% of the church. January 2nd, January 20th. January 1st, we go back to one service. Uh, we're excited to do this. This past match, we want to see, we want people to see the church. It's really cool to be part of this next. And it's exciting to go. So we're going to do from the second part, though. January 2nd to January 22nd, we are doing a 21 day prayer and fast service. Why? Why would we do that? Here's why. It's New Year. We want to give God the glory for the year. The Bible teaches a lot of fasting. Now, we're not asking him, what's that mean? There's a lot of different factors. Daniel factors, the lentils, the Nuts and fruits, different things, fat, the calories, there's, there's a lot of different things that have to do with honor and honor and honor. But we're going to say, oftentimes, we want to ask God to our church to prosper. We want to ask God to prosper for our church, to for our leaders, both the new year, how to continue to have testimony with this person within this community, and even say, we're getting ready to ask her. We're about half the year before we plant our first church out of the bridge church. That's crazy. That's exciting. That's very rare for a church that's in a town of like St. Francis for us to be able to do that. And so we want to pray. So from January 2nd, January 22nd, I'm asking every single family, every person to pray and then fast. Give up something. Maybe maybe you're a potter. Well, give up popular for 21 days. You know, maybe you're you're a dessert lover. Give up chocolates and you're like walking around right now. You know, whatever it might be, just for you to say, I'm going to give that up. Number four, I will be with him in trouble. God will be with him in trouble. Who here has never ever gotten in trouble? The one picture right here, right next to him, is right with you. He's not on some cloudy heaven way looking down when you're in trouble. He's with you through the trouble. There's a difference. In other words, God's always with us. We celebrate this Christmas, Jesus' birth. Well, what, you remember what the angel told Mary to call Jesus? What was his name? Jesus walking with us, doing life with us. Well, Jesus now says he sits at the right hand of the Father. How does that work? We get all theological on you, but he sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us so that he is still with us every single day in our walk with Christ. Number five, Psalm 91, verse 15. I will deliver him and honor him. So the fifth promise, beginning of this verse, is he'll deliver you. God will deliver you. Now, there's two kinds of deliverance. So let's unpack them here briefly. There's deliverance. 
from and there's delivered to. Now go back. If Moses wrote this verse, he wrote Psalm chapter 91, and you picture him, here he is with the Israelites in the under bondage, under slavery in Egypt. God delivered them from the slavery in Egypt into the promised land. Delivered them from. And then with Joshua's leadership in the Israelites, he delivered them to the Every single one of us is at a different stage in our life. Some of us right now delivered from something. Maybe it's an addiction to you know, pornography. Maybe it's I'm struggling with alcoholism. Or maybe it's going, I don't, I'm doubting God or whatever it is. You're going, God, I need you to deliver me from X, Y, Z. Or maybe you're going, I'm at the other place. Man, life is good. He's delivered me to everything. I got a, I got a raise. I got a promotion. I got a new job. I, we just had a baby. Everything's great. The problem with the deep being delivered from or delivered to something in that promise is it can look very different depending on your perspective. And the moment you compare your situation to someone else's, you make your decision. You God has you either be delivered from something or delivered to something for a reason and a purpose. Number six, Psalm chapter 91, verse 15. I'll deliver him and honor him is the second part of that verse. Isn't he crazy? God will honor you. What does that mean? Honor, biblically speaking, not Webster's Dictionary, but biblically speaking, honor is displayed to those who have fought and fought and fought and fought and not given up. We have a couple of you within the church that have been married as 40, 50 years. You have fought and you guys fought and you fought and you didn't give up. Oh, you probably wanted to a time or two, I bet. But you didn't give up. You hung in there. Now, God honors that marriage. It's an honor to us. It's an example to a younger generation like me and the younger generation going, look, it can still be done. This marriage, they didn't have everything right or perfect. They didn't. Honor. honor is reserved for longevity. Honor is reserved for longevity. You'll always be tempted. Once you step on that thing that God placed in your heart, you want to give let me, let me just share this. I have one more here for you this morning. Planning church is no good. If you want to test your marriage and longevity in life, start a church and finish a family. Okay? Go test your marriage. I guarantee you. I give you my, that's my promise from you today, not God's. That's my promise. Church plant is no different. We had we had an incredible launch team when we started. And we started off, not one of our launch teams did. That breaks my heart. I have a church plan over there and leadership. This is that's me. You know, those that like starting something and you have to put the lights and stuff and stuff like that. You keep it with the wrong You know, say this. You can't fail in attempting something like that. You tempted. You cannot fail. Well, it didn't work out. You know, we define success as a church. How do you define success? Well, how many people, Pastor, did you have on Sunday? Being obedient 
be perfect in every way. I'll be growing as fast as probably all want to go. Last week, number seven, with long life, I will satisfy him to show him my salvation. What's that five you want to get back on over and over again? Think about it, you have to pray on it. Before your head hits that pillow tonight, you're going to make some prayers. God will satisfy you. It's not only a promise, it's a truth. We try to satisfy so many different ways in life. So many different ways. You know, we try to do it. I try to do some fishing. Let's, let's catch the bigger fish. I want to go after a state record. You know, you catch the state record, and what's that? I want to chase, you know, I, I like chasing storms. Yeah, I know. All right, go after and chase the big storm. What next? No, I get a nice truck. I have a faster snowmobile. If I just catch this, if I just go there, if I just have that, if we have one more kid, if we just have, you know, 10 more grand, if we just have this, if we just keep going, we chase after the wind. And God says right here in Psalm chapter 91, verse 16, he says, he will satisfy us. And how does he do that? Through his salvation. That's all he does. Christ is at the center of everything that we do as a church. He is the center of the world. We want to be a church. Sure, last week, one of the people We want to be a church. We There's no tight knit, you know, we have I'm not part of it. So which promise today is for you? Which of these ones is for you? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.